Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Earners, what's up? Look, I wanna give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long-term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. So let's talk about some doom and gloom, shall we? Um, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, <laughs> you ever heard of that guy? Yes. 
He's Shout out to the legend. He, he was legendary at one point. Yeah, Rich definitely, dad, he definitely is a legend. Rich dad, poor dad. I'm not going to deny that. Cash flow quadrant. For sure. Changed the game. For sure. Um, But uh, so he said, let's let's play the video, shall we? Mike, cue the video. We're going to hit the March 2024 biggest crash is coming. And the guys with the ETFs and mutual funds and all that, they're going to stand over and bend up and kiss their ass goodbye. I wrote this book here, Who Stole My Pension? In 1974, America said to my generation, you no longer have a pension. You have to have what's called a defined contribution. So my generation, the old guys, I'm 76 years old. We have no money set aside for retirement. And the biggest crash in history is still coming. March 2024. And all those baby boomers who followed their financial planner's advice of the 60-40 equities, 40% bonds. How fucking stupid can you be? And they're going to get toasted March 2024. And I wrote about it in this book here, Rich Dad's Prophecy. Well, from the words of Mr. Kiyosaki himself, March 2024. <laughs> all right. Oh, Robert. <sighs> Wow. March 2024 will be the biggest crash in history. That's um a month away. So interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. He said all the, all the guys with, with index funds and ETFs are going to get smashed. He said um anybody with a 60-40 portfolio. We talked about the 60-40 portfolio. Um, they're going to get screwed. Um, they've been getting screwed all year. They, they need an account of OnlyFans. And he talked about, you know, how the, the pension um system it's a very that's true to what he's saying but uh, it's it's yes for sure it's always truth mixed with sensationalism right yes. um but i mean okay this is something that he's somebody who's become a legend in the game of finances right so it's interesting to hear him have this take that it's going to all fall apart next month if you're investing in etfs you're going to be screwed um what's your take on this um this is what happens when you don't diversify businesses and you need a way to stay hot. And people usually do this through clout and sensationalism. Um, the pension fund issue is partially true, but the biggest crash in history, you are meaning to tell me there is no catalyst that is being talked about that is going to lead to a crash that matches or mirrors the Great Depression. Impossible. I'll take the other side of that bet all day. Um, in order for a crash to happen, you need a catalyst for it to happen. So even though the yield curve has been inverted, haven't had a crash. The banking system will have to collapse. They're letting all the small banks die or merge. So the banks that are too big to fail can have safety. Um, tech is doing incredibly well. AI is doing well. So they're setting up the new sectors that are going to lead the economy. We'll talk about Lily later. Healthcare is doing incredibly well. So you need a reason for the market to pull back. Also in March, once again, that's when a lot of capital flows into the market and private equity has a lot of money sitting on the sideline to take advantage if a crash does happen. We haven't had the market activate its levers in, I don't know how, maybe two years, three years. So we haven't even had a 10% drop inside of a day what is going to cause us to have like a 25 percent or a 30 percent pullback which will halt the market so um i don't know maybe he was drinking that day maybe he was misguided <laughs> maybe he wanted a great headline but this is not happening if it does happen set your levels to 50 percent off from where we are now by then but if COVID didn't send us into the greatest 
downward spiral ever. The, the COVID-22 that they're pumping out now isn't going to do it. So, yeah, I mean, what what are the indicators? Right. Hey, shout out, shout out to, to Josh. I was watching him uh, the other day and JC shout out to JC when he came on here. Yeah. What are the indicators, man? Like if we look at GDP, if we look at inflation, if we look at the unemployment, if we look yep. at interest rates, which, are you know, we, we everybody has predicted that they, you know, obviously maybe June could be March as early as March, but they're, they're going to be going down at maybe five times uh, throughout 2024. What are the indicators that are showing this? I can't see them. And so it's there. It, it, it's tough, right? Like, and I remember when we, we sent this in the chat, I was like, that's interesting because we heard Michael Burry say something similar and then we haven't heard from him in, in the past six months. Shout right? out to Michael. Michael. And then, hold on. I mean, yeah. we're not taking anything away from That's him. true. I mean, I was actually watching somebody who was sitting next to me on the plane was watching the big short. And I thought that was interesting because I yeah. thought so. I'm like, remember in, in August of 23, we, the, the recession was supposed to, to happen in sometime in September or or yeah. early in, in January of, of this year, and we haven't seen it. So some of these predictions, I'm not, what, what are the indicators? That, and here's that, the thing, the data can, can be right, and the Fed can say, no, we don't want the, they changed the definition of what a recession was in front of our face and nobody did anything. Now, they said this about China, 30% uh, of all stocks in China have been halted. The index slid 8%. Um, the Beijing 50 slid 5%. If he talked about China, I can see it. But even that, because of all the geopolitical threats that are going on, and we're starting to have like a deglobalization effect, if China market does fall 50%, we won't have immediate exposure to it. And it won't drag our market down. The Nikkei's doing well. The FTSE's doing pretty well. So I, I feel as if he would have pointed this crash to the Chinese stock market, he could have been spot on. Yeah. But to drive our market down 50%. That's tough. You look at before an election. Yeah. All the student loans will be eliminated. Right. All those, all those factors, all those factors when when you put into the pot, it's like, well, how is this going to happen? Right. We even talked about that. Like, look at the economic conditions. And probably maybe mid-year last year, when you talk about delinquencies, yeah. those were up. That has changed. We talked about used car and new car sales. Yeah. That has changed. Uh, and so we're talking about student loans. That's now, in fact, we haven't seen a number of delinquencies that we thought we would. Could that change? Perhaps. But is it going to happen in the short term? Like, we're talking, we only got 30 days in, until March. Here's how you know why. Last week, they put out a stat that I think 89% of all the global debt is on a fixed rate. Why would they put that out? Well, if it was a variable rate, you could have a case. But if the majority of auto loan debt, mortgages, and credit card debt are locked into a fixed rate, then you can predict delinquency rates when people will pay it off. Like, I just think the comment was misguided. I think he means well. P Peter Schiff is another one that reports some doom and gloom. There's a lot of truth to what Peter says. But the government is going to do everything in combination at the right time, especially with BRICS becoming more formidable. Saudi just joined. They are going to make sure that we don't have this uh, big collapse where it could actually turn the tide. Because if we go into a 24, 25 cycle while we're on the ropes and BRICS is getting stronger, that's when they could begin to make a stronger push. They're not going to let a recession happen, um, not this next year, and definitely not by next month. <laughs> they're on the clock.
So he said he would say stuff like this just to kind of um, sell his book or just. This is the queen slip approach. Flip, I love you. But sometimes online people want to be sensational to get the clicks and views. But when it just hurt, like, let's say hypothetically that the market doesn't crash, right? What does he say? Like, I miscalculated or is the government saying like for the last three years? Well, it's going to come eventually. There's a lot of people in, in if you are uh, familiar with investing, you have doom and gloom reports and newsletters that have been predicting crashes since 2009. They haven't happened. Of course, COVID, we had a strong pullback. Quantitative easing went through the roof. You've had separate markets that have had issues. Inflations have gone incredibly high in certain countries. But there's a certain, if you're not educated, it's a certain sector of people that you can target, especially in the conspiracy wing, that you believe that a market is going to crash. Even after they reveal Zuckerberg's bunker, everyone was like, hey, go get colloidal silver, go build a bunker. Uh, I'm going to go get 2,000 pounds of beans. I'm like, Man, if a meteor hits Earth, there's nothing we can do. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, if, if if he's wrong, I don't, I know, I don't know if there's a consequence for it, right? We we've seen. I, it. If he's right, I'll come on here, shave off my head, and eat a turtle live. A, a live turtle. Yeah, I remember seeing factor. It's one, not going to happen. 2007, I think you were there. We we sat down and we watched him speak about nickel being the commodity of the future, and how you know we needed to invest in it in 2000. And this is like 2007. Now it has with what almost fifteen plus years past that, I don't nickel hasn't been the commodity of the future, nor anywhere near it. Um, so I mean, they, what to make a prediction and not be right about it? I feel like that's just like the standard. And the thing is that you don't have to, you don't even have to speak about it. You can say, all right, you know, I was wrong, and move well, on. What's the sense of your take? Make a new one. It's going to crash. It's the worst crash ever, or get a safe twelve to thirteen percent growth per year by investing in index funds. The crash always sounds, and for all my traders, you know, most assets, whether it's real estate, stocks, media, if you do it right, water, oil, gold. Um, I'll save that for the blackout, the, the other line I was going to say, but <laughs> most commodities go up to the upside. Even in the destruction of civilizations and countries, when you there's no more real estate to buy, let me knock some buildings over, and then I go over there and reinvest in that. Most assets go up in super cycles, 20 to 40 years. I talked to the stock club about this two weeks ago. Even calling for a crash, most crashes only last 18 months after they happen. The real money is uh holding on for the long term. He's pro crash, but pro gold. Gold is going to the upside. <laughs> 